Hi everyone, I'm Job, the co-founder and CEO of Remote, where we are reimagining how the world works and lives. And this is Remote Talks, the show where we interview the top minds in remote work and global employment. And today's guest is Jonathan Killeen, who recently joined events management platform Hopin as the company's head of Remote. In this episode, Jonathan and I talk about Hopin's fast growth, the future of the digital events industry, and his top priorities as the head of Remote of a high growth organization. I hope you enjoy this episode. Right, uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for being on uh, Remote Talks today. Uh, maybe to get started, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And what does the company you work for do? Absolutely. Well, firstly, Yob, thank you for having me. Really appreciate you taking the time to meet. Um, so my name is I'm Jonathan. Um, I've recently joined Hopin as their head of remote. I joined just over two months ago. Uh, I'm from Dublin, Ireland, and you're asking what did Hopin do? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> So Hopin is an online events platform uh, where you can create engaging virtual events that connect people all across the world. Um, so very similar to what we're trying to do as remote workers and, and then dealing with remote work uh, globally. Um, so we're just over a year old and how the company came about was actually that our founder, Johnny, um, he battled with some illnesses in the past and he was forced into isolation himself. So he had to figure out a way of connecting with people as he couldn't attend events in real life. Um, so he's basically come up with Hopin, a platform that helps people get together, connect and mirrors the experiences of an in-person event, but virtually. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people close from afar, make people have great experiences regardless of where they are in the world. Um, and just as I said, bring people together. And so um, as far as I understand, Hopin is one of the fastest growing companies of all time. You say it's like just over a year old. I think at beginning 2020, the company had six employees. How much, how many employees does Hopin have today? So as of today, we're 451. Um, when I joined two months ago, we were 350. So yeah, the growth is fast. It's scaling really quickly and we're going to continue growing um, at, a, at a crazy rate over the next year. So exciting times ahead, but a lot to do. <laughs> And has Hopin always been a remote organization? Yes. yes. Always so as in the last year. <laughs> always been remote. Yeah, I don't think we have much choice, but um, no, we're very excited to be remote. And I think it kind of mirrors what we're trying to solve for us in our product. So we're living um, that same reality. So very happy to be remote. And as you know, lots of pros come with being remote. So uh, yeah, we're celebrating those. And, and so what? How, how did your role come to be? Like what? Why, why, why does a company like Hopin need a head of remote? And what do you, given that you're two months into the job, I, I suppose you're still very early in your, your plans there. Yeah, well, I've, I've had to hit the ground running, but that's good. Uh, life at Hopin is very fast paced. Um, but I think, you know, I think Hopin's approach is actually quite special. Um, I think our leadership are really invested in making sure that we're supporting our employees. You know, we're bringing in people uh, crazy fast. We want to make sure they're supportive, that we're working um, you know, we're, we're organized internally, that we're, we're being thoughtful about time zones and all of those things that make remote work work. Um, so we actually, my role is actually part of a greater team. Um, so we're known as the Vibe team um, and we sit, uh, we report into our chief of staff. So we're quite close to that exec level, which is amazing. Um, and the team comprises three kind of main tiers. So we have um, internal comms, we have events and we have remote operations. And we all work in tandem together, all with the goal of creating an incredible culture, um, something that will scale and just really supporting our employees. So I think it's actually quite unique, the approach we've taken, um, because in the past I've worked in similar kind of roles and with similar people, but we've always been across different teams. And 
we're sitting in different team meetings and we're not always on the same page. Um, so I really enjoyed the setup that we have at Hoffman as part of the Vibe team. And yeah, our goal is just to create good vibes. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and so you mentioned you, you've hit the ground running. What, what are some of the things that you've been working on since you, yeah. you joined Hoffman? Yeah, so literally in my first week, um, I had just joined and we were two weeks away from having our first ever company-wide offsite. So it's essentially like a quarterly business review slash a quarterly kickoff that we were putting into one and using it as a chance to unite everybody. Um, so I started January 25th and the event was on February 11th and 12th. Um, so I kind of had to get it across the line and get everything in motion and get things together. But it was it was amazing. It was such a great event. It was my first time to plan an event like this on Hopin. Um, and we celebrated our previous wins. We looked ahead to the future. We heard from customers. We ran our first ever peer nominated awards, which was lovely um, to, to give people recognition and celebrate you know, our great employees. Um, and it was, it was a great event overall. We brought some fun, we got creative. Um, and yeah, so that was the first thing that kind of landed on my, on my lap when I joined. Um, but events is actually going to be a huge part of my role long-term. Um, so thinking about since main stage, uh, that's what we call it. It's our quarterly main stage. Mm. Um, since the first main stage, we've we've obviously put together now our, our plan for events for the rest of the year. Um, so we have a weekly all hands. We do a monthly connect fest, which is a really nice one. Um, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's just an opportunity for people to connect. Um, so it's 30 minutes. We do one in each region. Um, and we play games, but Pictionary is always a favorite. Or this month we did uh, some Kahoot, we did some trivia rounds. Um, and it's just a bit of fun. And it's basically a chance for people to connect. Yeah. Uh, we do larger special events as well, like summer parties, um, end of year celebrations. And we'll also mark all of those important cultural moments. So yeah, events is something I've kind of hit the ground running with right from day one, um, but I'm very excited. It's something I've always been passionate about. And it's part of the reason I was excited to work at Hopin. So, yeah, events is one that was uh, one of the first priorities, but there have been a few. There's been a, there've been many. <laughs> uh, it's exciting. And I, I think the nice thing, of course, is you can use your own platform to, yeah. to run those events, which is quite unique. Exactly. And we actually dog food. Um, we do a lot of testing ourselves. So, for example, I think it was two weeks ago, we, we tested everyone in the company joining the All Hands on the mobile app. And then we were able to see what issues there were and try and fix them before they go to the public. And I think that's an exciting thing too, um, trialing out our new integrations and, and all of that fun stuff. No, that's, uh, that, that's very exciting. Is that actually, you know, I'm curious about this. Is this a, a large use case with, with your customers for like internal events other than, you know, external events? Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think initially we had a lot of... Uh, a lot of the requests were coming in bank. We weren't actually going looking for business because the, the volume was so high. Um, and a lot of people were looking for these public facing events and these, these huge conferences and offsites and things like that. But I think uh, the product works so well for all hands alone. Like I personally love joining all hands every week and we do some simple things that just make it work and bring people together. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think in the long run, I think we'll see a lot of companies adopting hop in for, for some of those smaller things, just those weekly get togethers. And then, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about like online events, especially given you you already spent quite some time in your two months tenure at uh, at Open <laughs> related to this. Um, you know, I, I've attended a number of events uh, in Hopin and, and they were all great. Like I think the platform works really well. It does exactly what you expect it to do, and like it's 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 
um, it's hard to get confused, which I think is a, it seems, it seems like a low bar, but it, you know, <laughs> it's actually surprisingly hard to pull that off. What beyond like, you know, having a, like an, an app that works well and a platform that works well, what makes a digital event a, a good event? Yeah. Um, so personally, I've always worked in events for the last number of years. Um, so, you know, my focus has always been in-person events. Um, but yeah, shifting to the digital world, I think, you know, having interactive elements is one of the most important things. And I think that that's something that the platform does really well. Um, when you join an event and hop in, you can see if you're at the main stage, you can see your presenters, you can see any presentations or decks, but there's also the chat window positions just to the right. And internally for our internal events, the chat is goes crazy throughout all of our meetings. Um, people engage, people have jokes, people you know support each other. It's a really nice way to just interact. And even when we've done some public facing events, I've seen people jump into them and they, everyone says hello and where they're from. And it just gets people comfortable with interacting. So I think interactive elements are so, so important. Um, other things that you know can really help make a, the interaction work is uh, taking part in polls that are relative to the content or relevant to the content. I think that's great. Um, if there's Q&A features where people can be adding questions that can be asked live and potentially upvoting the ones that they like, um, anything like that, that just means that, you know, audience members aren't literally joining a virtual event and leaving it in the background while they work, you know, elsewhere. I think the important thing is to ensure there's some interaction uh, to keep people engaged. Um, other things that I really believe in is varying the content. I think it can get quite monotonous if you're just hearing uh, one person presenting after another, after another, and it's a similar deck and a similar style of presentation. I think, you know, if you can introduce panel discussions or live interviews or just mix it up, I think that's really great. And also try and keep the, uh, the presentations short. Uh, that's something we're trying to do internally now as well. Um, at all hands, we try to limit everyone to a five minute max uh, for any presentation. So we're always trying to edit ourselves down, be more concise, uh, get to the point quicker, <laughs> which is difficult for me. I'm a total person. I'll go off on a million tangents. So I have to rein myself back. But um, yeah, I think that that's something that's really, really important, varying up the content. Um, and lastly, I would say fun. Um, I think you have to have fun at events, get creative um, and just bring bring some joy. Yeah, we, uh, we rely on puns a lot like dad jokes and terrible puns <laughs> so um, yeah i always just think you know a bit of shameless fun goes a long way <laughs> oh, that's uh, that, that, that's awesome is there is there like a a, a scale scale limit where you see, see like uh, you know in either direction like less than so many people or you know more than a certain amount of people it, it stops working or you have to start thinking about a different way of organizing a virtual event or you know I'm, I'm just curious to see how that varies yeah i think i think when you get to a certain you know range of, of in your audience numbers um i think it's important to give people the opportunities to interact like i said so whether it's that they take part in some networking one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. or whether you have breakout sessions where they can go into the sessions area and, and i'm speaking from hopkins point of view here um where you can go into sessions and then engage in kind of smaller groups i think yeah if you have like 200,000 people on an event the chat can be very hard to keep up with <laughs> so yeah, having opportunities to break down into smaller groups is definitely something I'd recommend um, just to, to bring those kind of nice breakout moments. And so how do you, what do you think is going to happen next in the world of events? Because or clearly there's not been any in-person events, but I think they're slow, starting to come back. I've, I've yeah. got my first invitation to one in October this year. Um, 
what what is going to happen next when we have both these two types of hands uh, next to each other? Yeah, totally. It's uh, exciting times that we're getting back into the real world, for sure. Uh, but I do think that long term, there's definitely going to be, and excuse the buzzword, but I think the future of events is going to be hybrid. Um, so <laughs> we actually hosted a, a public facing event on Hopin about two or three weeks ago um, called uh, Hybrid Events Unlocked. And there was a really nice piece and a really nice narrative that kind of resonated with me. Um, and they were saying that, you know, smartphones once upon a time were called smartphones, but now everyone just refers to them as phones. Um, online shopping is no longer really online shopping. People just say shopping. And similar with hybrid events, you know, one day we believe that they're just going to be called events. You won't need to call out that there's hybrid elements. They're going to be so common, um, especially in the world of like conferences, offsites, uh, trade fairs, expo expos, those types of events, I think will all, they'll always be hybrid elements. Um, whereas I'm, we're not saying that, you know, concerts are going to be replaced or music festivals where I don't think you can achieve that moment when the beat drops or when a crowd goes crazy virtually, we're not trying to, try to get in on that territory. But um, yeah, definitely believe that there's a world uh, hybrid will be a, play a big role uh, long term in conferences and, and the likes. Is there is there any part that you feel like um, it's done better virtually rather than the other way around? If you think the other way around, it's easy to imagine. But like, is there something that's either easier to do virtually? Yeah. So I've I've actually so many examples of these. Um, let me think of what. So I'll do two. So I think the first one is when I think of the stress um, of traveling to a city to attend a conference. You know, you have to pack your bag, you have to book your flights, you have to stay in a hotel, all of that travel. Um, if you have kids at home, you have to figure out childcare. All of that combined is a lot of stress. And now I think in the future, we're going to have the technology that can actually support people, you know, having a choice when it comes to whether they want to travel or not. And they can still have an amazing experience um, attending an event from home. Um, so I think that's an exciting thing. Um, I'm not saying that I never want to travel again. <laughs> I, I do. But um, having the choice would be great um, because it's not always 100% necessary to be there in person. So that's something that excites me and I think that's a positive. Um, and another thing, um, we recently did our um, first ever peer nominated awards at Hopin. They're called the Hopin Hero Awards. Um, and it was really fun that like whenever I've done these award shows before in person, I've always wanted to achieve the, the moment of like the Oscars where you have all of the people with the cameras in front of them. And then as the winners read out, you see the people applauding for the winner. Um, but it's too costly to do that, <laughs> to hire different cameramen if you're just running like a simple, you know, company event. But when you're doing it virtually, it's simple. You know, the people just come up on camera and then we did a nice applause. And I think that that was something that was really fun um, to, to see everyone's faces, um, all of the shortlisted people, and then see everyone applauding each other. And I thought that was really, you know, I think award ceremonies are somewhere where virtual just makes things a bit more celebratory and, and really, really nice. Yeah, I love I love that idea. That's 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 yeah. really funny indeed. Yeah, and it would be very hard to replicate in real life. We yeah. have multiple camera crews that have to tune into the yeah. right people. Uh, I've thought about doing it so many times, and just the effort. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Are there any plans within the organization to have like um, uh, get together in in the real world other than a virtual one? Yeah, so I think it's it's something we're discussing. Uh, it comes up all the time and we're very openly saying, yes, someday, hopefully we can make it happen. But we haven't, you know, agreed on what that looks like just yet, given COVID and everything else. Yeah. But what I would be excited to do is, you know, our product is going into this hybrid world. And so so are we um, as employees someday, you know, maybe we'll be able to to test our test our product and do a hybrid event ourselves. So it might not be that we all travel to, to the same country, but we might be able to get together in our own countries in groups 
and join using the same technology and have the same experience and, and just see what that feels like. And that's something that I'm very excited about doing. I think that will be our first, uh, our first attempt. And then following that, maybe next year, we might do something in person altogether. Yeah, that's, good. that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, we at Remote, we, you know, we're at the same stage where, you know, we existed as a company before COVID and we did get together. We were 15 people and now we are 150. And by the time COVID is over, we'll, you know, we'll be 300. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. It's going to be very hard to plan for that. It'll be expensive. Plus, you know, if yeah. you weigh up, you know, what you would be spending on office space, if you, you know, you can try and make those trade-offs and make a, a good decision there. Hopefully something will work out for you guys. <laughs> There's been very few organizations that, one, are fully remote from the start and two, you know, scaled up really fast and getting to hundreds of employees. Um, yeah. And so I know this from experience because we did, we had this at GitLab and now we have the same kind of situation at remote, but Hopin going so incredibly fast. What are challenges that you encountered that you didn't expect or surprises in general about a company of that size being fully remote? Yeah, um, so one thing that I've actually loved about, the, we're scaling so quick, like you said, and there's so many people joining, but I think we've taken a really thoughtful approach to onboarding. Um, and we actually use our product to, to run onboarding for the whole week. So there's loads of different sessions, they're in different places in the product, everyone gets to mingle and work together. Um, and it just works really well. And um, so for a, for a company that's only a year old, for the progress that we've made, uh, I was really impressed, I have to say, joining. I was like, this is incredible that after a year, we have this really robust onboarding schedule, these incredible product trainings, these demos, these tests, such great coverage. Um, but I will say there was one area in onboarding, I didn't have a presence and I wanted to get in there. So we now have uh, a nice session on day one, all around getting the most out of your remote life. <laughs> so that was an area that I did want to, to insert myself into. So we're, we're getting, setting our employees up for success and making sure they're, they're getting the most out of the remote working experience. That's awesome. What is, what is the next thing you're, you're looking to address? Like what is the next big yeah. thing you hope to improve? Yeah, so there's obviously been quite a few, but um, one thing that we're really looking at, and we've been working on this over the last kind of month or two, is um, our ways of working and essentially like our operating principles. Um, I know so many companies have gone public and shared theirs, which has been great, um, and we're hopefully going to do the same in the future, but um, we've recently launched ours internally, and we've put them under three main pillars. So we're looking at, you know, uh, communication, you know, the do's and don'ts, comms etiquette. We're looking at collaboration, um, you know, diversifying our mediums, uh, working asynchronously, giving people time back, not defaulting to meetings all the time. And then when you have a meeting, running great meetings. <laughs> and then uh, the last part is uh, health and well-being. So all around making remote work work, you know, creating your own routine that suits your needs um, and just really using Google Calendar as your gatekeeper to ensure, you know, that people know your working hours, that you're getting your personal time in. Um, so we're really addressing, you know, our hop-in ways of working. Uh, so we launched it about two or three weeks ago, and we're going to run some fun little quirky ideas to try and get some adoption internally and just make sure that people are really engaging with it and, and reading it. But um, yeah, I think, you know, that's something we've really wanted to address. And it's not necessarily that we have huge, huge problems in the way we're working, but we definitely want to, you know, be on top of it ahead of any problems arising. So, um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely one that's on, on the cards. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that we tend to recommend organizations when once they start working remotely is to you know have a handbook, write stuff yeah. down, like establish yeah. you know exactly as you said how do we communicate, how do we do basic things, but also how do you as you mentioned earlier how do you make sure you have like a, a great balance right between yeah. 
your work, but also the rest of your life, because work is so close when you're working remotely. Absolutely. And it's some of the simplest things. It's just like creating boundaries and rituals in your daily routine or scheduling that time that gives you flexibility to go and exercise two or three days a week. And we just want people to feel empowered to own their routines and make those decisions for themselves. Um, because, you know, when you're not in an office, you can't really force it upon people. <laughs> people have to kind of take their own ownership and accountability. But that's the big thing that I want to achieve is that people really feel empowered to, to you know, create their own routine and get the most out of their experience. For, for organizations listening to this, um, mm -hmm. they're like, wow, we should also get a, a head of remote. <laughs> what would your <laughs> advice to them be? Like, what, for, for one, what is the time to, to look for a role like that for a person like you? And um, what should they expect from that? Yeah, so I think the, the role head of remote, I have to say, I spent the first two to three weeks, every single person I met, I had to explain what I'd be doing. It's not, <laughs> it's not a very clear role, and I think it can differ from company to company. And I yeah. think that that's something that's special about it. Um, so I think, you know, if you were thinking about how do we make sure we're getting the most out of our employees and ensuring we're supporting them long term, think about like where the role would sit, um, what team will it report into, and uh, think about, you know, what level of seniority you'd want. Uh, think about the background of the person that you'd want. Are they, you know, more people ops or have they got like a office manager background or a bit of both? Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's really around just finding someone with some real cross-functional experience that will be comfortable partnering with numerous different teams, getting involved in everything and putting, you know, the employees at the heart of every decision that you make. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the, the real special thing, though, as I mentioned, the unique thing is that you can you can tailor the role to suit your own company's needs. Um, so, for example, I, I manage our events as well. And, and the head of events reports into me, which is amazing because I feel that events play such a large role in building community and culture. And the fact that I'm coupled then with um, with internal comms on, all under this one umbrella, we're able to do great things and really quickly because we have everyone on the same team singing off the same hymn sheet. So. So yeah, just think about, you know, what you want to get out of the role and what's the best way to structure, structure the approach. That's great. Um, I think, uh, I think that's uh, the good place to end, uh, Jonathan. Thanks so much for <laughs> being on Remote Talks. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks.